Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Far and wide now. I, I mean, I'm very humble that you're listening. Thank you. And um, welcome to the Tiger Paws Junior podcast series, limited series, 48 episodes. My guest today is Stephen Ryan, a lovely gentleman. He's just such a good boy, a West End performer, Limerick boy and a really good dancer, singer, actor. So the next voices you'll hear will be mine and Stephen O'Rean. Stephen O'Rean. Welcome to the show. Have a good day. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's a beautiful sunny day in Limerick City. Um, my guest today on the Tiger Falls Junior podcast series is episode four, season three. That blows my mind that we can say that. Stephen Ryan, or Stefan Orion, um, as he's professionally known, joins me this morning. Welcome, Steve. Brian, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. Not too bad. It's absolutely beautiful, isn't it? Sorry, I'm eating grape. I was just saying that it's absolutely beautiful outside beautiful day dude it's like the first day that i felt like spring is here and people in limerick are starting to get a bit my my soul is being lifted now yeah it's amazing though isn't it that once the sun comes out it changes everything you know i remember we had a sunny day there the other week and i was driving i don't know where i was driving i can't remember but, but i was in the car and i felt great i actually felt so like so good and it was Purely because the sun was out. What a roller coaster! Lockdown, mm. one, uh, two, oh. two, lockdown. It's been like a lifetime. It I really can't has. remember lockdown one, but now I'm looking out and I'm saying, I used to sit out there mm. at one. Ah, oh. it seems like an uh, an eternity ago when when lockdown one was happening. It kind of feels like another lifetime, like it was a a movie. It never happened. Yeah. How are you feeling, bro? You sound happy. I'm in a good, yeah, I'm in a good mood at the moment. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's just, I think like everyone, it's all just up and down constantly. Like I'll have a day or a few days where I'm feeling absolutely shite. And then all of a sudden I'll feel, I'll feel like myself. Um, and today's one of those days. So you picked a good I, day. Oh, I feel like that question led you into a bit of a... It's my job to, to uh, you inspire me a lot, dude, because uh, for all our listeners, dear listeners, Stephen Ryan growing up was the pride of Spotlight Stage, dude. <laughs> Center stage, like you were, you were the guy that I went, ah, oh, he's really feckin' talented. Wow. He sings so well. How does he have such good presence on stage? <laughs> and then you, dear listener, Steve went over to the West End, trained, um, and then made his debut. And I'm going to let you take it from here, Steve, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, where where do I start? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, my performing training, it started at Spotlight. And that was a huge kind of... But it's a big family bit. As you know yourself, it's a big family thing for me, you know, my... Um, my dad was an actor director my mom was a choreographer my aunt 
Judy uh, ran Spotlight with Margaret Hawk uh, and still does. Um, and for me, Judy was actually one of my massive inspirations growing up. Um, I remember going around her house when I was, God, I can't remember, so young. And I'd be dressing up in all these clothes and dresses that she had. And I was putting on shows and I just idolized her. And going to Spotlight then just kind of um, propelled me into that performance world that, that I just thrived upon. And I loved every minute of it. And it's... You really did thrive on it. I did. Like, we could see it on your... And you and Khan. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was so fantastic. Connor could just stop a room with a giggle. Oh, my God. And Connor you, was just out of this world. Like, <laughs> You were similar, though. I, I'd imagine you were a big inspiration on him, as Judy was on you. Yeah, I could have been, actually. I mean, we probably kind of fed off each other as well, you know. Um, there was no... I, I believe Connor possibly fed off you and mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Judy, and we just... I, I certainly learned for me as a 10-year-old going in. Mm-hmm. How long were you in Spotlight? What age from? I think my first show at Spotlight, I was f- either four or five. And I was there until I was maybe 13 or 14. Yeah, you left to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I, when I left, I went into centre stage. So I moved, That's not- moved to... Everybody- I love centre stage. You were so good as well. You're an expressive area. I mean, the thing is that we were actually so lucky as kids that we had so many schools, you know, to do that. And we still do in a way, you know. Um, and different teaching philosophies or? Um, I think the schools were kind of unique in, in their own, yeah, like philosophies and, and what they wanted for the kids that were coming in and stuff. But obviously their overall arc was, was the same, you know, enjoyment and expression and uh, being able to, to meet new people and uh, learn new learn new skills and stuff and and when did you go this is now what i want to be when i grow up i think i think it was always in the back of my head you know i think it was like do you know what i never really want to stop doing this and you know yourself like society always tells you you know you need to have a normal job um so I also did, to be honest, also want to be a teacher. So like when I was, God, seven or eight, I think I had a blackboard for Christmas and I was teaching <laughs> my teddies. I had them all lined up. I had things written on the, <laughs> honestly, I had all of my teddies lined up. Each of them had a little copy book. I would write the days of the week and stick it up on the wall. Um, and I always knew I was good at teaching as well. And, and I do enjoy teaching. Um and there was a time when I was in sixth year and it was that moment where you kind of go, I really don't know what I want to do. I know I want to go to London, but I don't know when. So do you know what? I'm just going to audition for drama school and see what happens. And mm. Mountview was the only one I, I auditioned for and I got in and I just was like, I think this is a sign I have to go. Um, Are you in Mountview too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for oh. three years. Three years? Yeah, crazy. Oh, my God. Crazy. Shout out some of your teachers there. Who who did you learn so from? What did you learn? In Mountview, we had a lot of, we had loads of teachers, like our acting teacher, Sally Ann Gritton, um, like things I had never done before. Like, I remember one class, we all had to become a big bunch of grapes. Speaking of grapes, um, you know, all this kind of stuff that you see on the movies or see on TV shows. And I was like living it. I was actually doing it. 
Um, and a lot of stuff, shout out to my dad, to be honest, Richie, like um, a lot of the stuff I did in my acting classes in London would have been stuff that I touched on at center stage. Um, mm. You know, especially when you're talking about characterization, like the who, the what, um, why, all the W's you ask before you're doing a, a character study or, or a monologue or um, anything like that. Um, and I was like, oh, my dad kind of did know. <laughs> I remember I've been in my drama class at Mount being like, I know this stuff. I've done this before. Um, so, that, nice. so that was pretty cool. But then I was also introduced to like Chekhov and, and obviously even more so into Shakespeare and acting through song and um, uh, all these different musical, all these different musicals and musical theater writers, which I had no idea of. Um, so it was a Speak I, language. Oh, now. Was, You're speaking language. Yeah, now. I love eye opening, eye opening. Um, so you did Chekhov in Montreux? We did, yeah, not like extensively. So it would have been part of just a module that we would have done. Um, I think we did, like, to be honest, and I'm going to be hated here, but I did not like it. <laughs> Um, we did, I think we did the three sisters, um, and it was, it was just a little bit too much for me. Me too. I like my mental health. And <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know how to let it go with the wind, as Sarah Palermi beautifully put it. He's a, he's a, he's a bit much, but I remember we also had to just read loads of plays. And one of my favorite plays was Hedda Gabler. And yeah. I remember reading that play and I was blown away, you know, um, no spoilers, but by the ending, I was just like, what is going on? I couldn't put it down. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, what else What else did we do? What Shakespeare did you go for? So That's... our Shakespeare classes, we kind of, we went into the writing of Shakespeare. So we learned all about iambic pentameter and rhyming and the couplets and, and the sonnets and we did a Shakespeare uh, module and we did bits from different plays. So I got to do, I actually ended up playing King Lear um, at, at 20. I think I was 20. I think I was 20. Yeah. And I was playing King, King Lear. And I, the beer. I didn't, I was clean shaven. Sure, I was only 20. Um, who were the daughters? Who were your, who were your little so daughters? Be, like the reason we were doing the play was because the two girls who wanted to do Goneril and Regan um, really <laughs> wanted to do those characters. And we were like, well, we don't have a Lear. So the acting, the Shakespeare teacher was like, Stephen, do you want to play, <laughs> play King Lear? I had a, I had a cape. I remember being trying to like be twice my size. Like it was just, to be honest, Makeup everywhere. White dust. I hair. actually asked, should I put white um, talcum powder in my hair? And he was like, okay, no, we're not going to go that far. Just be in the moment. Um, but then I, at the uh. same time, then my other friend wanted to do, um, I think it's Cleopatra. She, mm, Anthony and Cleopatra. That's the one, yeah. So she wanted to do a scene from that and she needed a, um, a servant boy to be in the scene with her. So I ended up being the servant boy. So in between playing King Lear, I then had to switch to playing a servant boy. Like, talk, talk about versatility, you know? Thesis, antithesis. Absolutely. And I actually got a great kick out of playing King Lear because I could go, even at 20, I could go to a really dark place with him. And I could actually use my, my nerves and my kind of anxious feelings about it and put that into him. And I remember actually having a moment on we only did it in a like a small little 
black box room for the other students in the in the college and I remember having a moment thinking this feels really good I'm feeling what I should be feeling even though I'm playing a 70 year old like I'm enjoying it and one of the guys and my friends in my year said you remember he was like you found your voice there Stephen like I could I could see you in the moment and you found your voice as Lear and that was, I think that was actually probably the turning moment for me in, 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 in Mountview. A um, little bit of Chekhov creeping into yourself. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's the good thing about, like, when you're going to a professional drama school, especially for three years, you have so much time to actually invest or um, study these kind of things. Um, you know, like, we, second year especially, they just, they just throw so much at you. So the previous semester we did uh, a, a classic book musical so I was doing half a sixpence which is I don't know do you know half a sixpence I so do it's that cockney so... kind of upbeat British 60s 70s <laughs> musical um, and I remember I, I remember know. playing a again I, I was playing an older character and I hated it I actually had an anxiety attack and I had to leave I wasn't able to do oh, it yeah okay. I wasn't able to do my dress rehearsal I got really really bad Um I was, I think I was found thrown up in the toilets by the receptionist and she sent me in a taxi home. Um, and oh, I'm, it was oh. hard. Like, Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Woman, you saved, saved me. Um, but, but the same woman, she'd turn, you, she'd turn you away from school if you were five, like one minute late in the morning. <laughs> she, she was ruthless. <laughs> But dude, I, I, I remember I was on a plane once and I couldn't get back to Ireland from Holland. I couldn't. I had to fly to Munich and I had to fly through London, stay mm. in London, Ireland. And this one lady came over to me, no idea of her mm. name, and she said, You'll be okay, just just get on. Because she could see the panic in my okay. eyes outside. And sometimes it And she said, Kathy, for you is that what a nice person. Shout mm. out. It, sometimes it just takes that you, one person, doesn't it? Absolutely, dude. And that's very inspiring to anyone possibly feeling a bit panicky at the moment. Like, just talk to one yeah. person. That's nice. Yeah. Go on. Sorry, second question Go I'm going to ask. Sorry, yeah. mm. Shakespeare, mm. musicals, mm. or teaching? You have to shag my kid. You have to kiss one, leave one at the door, and do one forever. So Mary. Shakespeare musicals and teaching. Oh, tough, interesting. Um, I'd probably marry marry musicals, mm. and I would kiss like. I would kiss. Oh God! It's because I don't. I don't, I don't want to get rid of it either. Um, to be honest, I think I'd probably kiss teaching, and then I I would have to get rid of Shakespeare just because it's not a massive part of my life. I know you for a while, and that's what I immediately thought yeah. you'd do. Yeah, I'm very predictable. <laughs> for me, it's different. But for me, it's mm. different. For me, it's a little bit Go different, on. but no, no, like this is your podcast, but I'd probably marry teaching. Okay. Yeah. 
Shakespeare and the yeah. musicals. Yeah. <sighs> but it breaks my heart. Like we had a great chat the other night in ours about musicals. Yeah, we did. We oh, really my. did. And, oh, it's so lovely to see you kind of back in mm-hmm. Limerick. But f- tell me about your journey through mm-hmm. London. You, you've got this magical training mm-hmm. and you've learned so much and you were in- already incredibly talented. But now your skill mm-hmm. has developed. You, you hit the main streets of yep. Baker. And then, and then it all comes do? crashing down. <laughs> Stop. It's honestly, like, it was... Nothing, nothing like I'd ever thought it was going to be like, they don't, they don't warn you how difficult it is. And they do say, but you never really take it in that everyone's paths are going to be different. So you leave drama school thinking, Mm. okay, I'm ready. I can do this. Then you go into an audition room and you either forget the words or you hear other people singing and you think, oh my God, these people are so good. (laughs) <laughs> what am I doing here? Um, and you're also up for big show. Like my one of my first auditions was for Billy Elliot the musical in the West End, and my my absolute yes, number one. <laughs> it's so like it is so good. I was up for the brother, oh, and tough. give it give tough. it to me now. I'd like I would literally dive into it. But at twenty mm-hmm. twenty one twenty two years of age, sure I was no more ready you know i i i actually forgot the words of my song because i was so nervous and it's the pressure of you know you know you're you're being seen by a very well-known casting director who casts shows like wicked um and you're like if i muck this up this could be the end of it you know it's that putting that pressure on yourself and then i remember going into Mm. another audition and i sang a song um, and the casting director emails my agent and said, tell Stephen never to sing that song again. And I was like, uh, no, it was another Pippa. casting director. Um, it wasn't Pippa. But I was like, oh my God, I'm so, oh, I, f- I still felt I was way over my, is it way over my head? Is that the expression? Way That's over my death, yeah. Um, yeah. So what happened then? So I left around. <laughs> I left drama school and had an agent um, auditioning, not getting anywhere, not getting any recalls. And then I started working in front of house at a theatre on the West End on Shaftesbury Avenue as a front of house usher. I was selling programmes. And um, I actually ended up like having a really good time there. I met um, my ex there. And for three... What show are we in? This was um, Thriller Live. Oh. So it was a good... good that's good feel, good mu- like the music, you just can't beat it. The audiences were on their feet every night. It was good fun. And there was no pressure. Like, you know, you're selling ice creams. You're not, it's not life or death. <laughs> so, you know, you could just kind of relax a little bit. So when... To learn enough. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Learn. So I was still auditioning, wasn't getting anywhere. Ended up getting dropped by my agent. Um, and then I was agentless for about two years. And I would get my own work through... Um, what was the cast? What was the casting called? Pro. It was called at the time. It's now Mandy. So I was doing like yeah. short films for universities, and I was doing new musical workshops for on like all unpaid, all unpaid stuff. But again, it was just building that experience, building that CV that I wanted to do. Um, and then through a friend, 
Um, I actually, no, then I got an agent um, and I ended up getting, I actually ended up getting a Shakespeare job, like an unpaid Shakespeare job. And I was really excited about about it. It was going to be over a pub. But at the same... Was, where are we going? Where are we jeepers? What what place? Place? Oh my God. Oh God. Gotta be like mid-summer. No, it was um, something obscure, obscure like King John or something... And I remember I just loved the audition. Um, again, it was that moment like that one I had in second year where I was really in that moment and I didn't care about anyone else. I just kind of um, lost all inhibition. And it's those moments that you kind of go, oh, this is what I'm here for. This is why I'm doing it. When you left him at the door. I know. You left I Shakespeare. Know, but that's why it was so tough for me. It was a tough decision. Um, <laughs> that's the reason why. Um, so I ended up getting that um, that Shakespeare play. And then at the same time, I had an audition through a friend for a cruise ship. And the cruise ship right. job offer came through at the same time I got the Shakespeare job. And I was like, fuck, this is really annoying because I would love to do the Shakespeare job, but also the cruise ship, I'd be earning this amount of money and I'd be singing and I'd be traveling the world. So I had to make a really tough decision and I decided I would take the cruise ship job. And that was my first um, introduction to cruise ship life and working on cruise ships, which I've now done three different cruise ship contracts. Um, Jeepers. And they sound, talking to you and Hal, they sound so beautiful. They they are an experience in themselves. Like it's, if anyone asks me, like, should they do a cruise ship job, I always say, absolutely, absolutely. There is no, like, there's a lot of cons to a cruise ship life, I believe. But I'm uh, not Don't gonna, go there. T- tell me. But what I'm going to, but what I'll say is, you have to do a cruise ship job. You have, like, to see the world, to save money, to meet people from all over the, the world and is, is an opportunity you can't not do, you know? Um, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like, you're performing. What show did you do? On so the first like two contracts was medley, and then the last one I did was Jersey Boys. <laughs> Jeep. So you train mm. for Jersey Boys, and they say, "Oh, we don't want you in London just yet, but please go on a cruise, <laughs> chill out, <laughs> perform our show, learn our debt. We'll give you a mm-hmm. bank." And and okay, the rooms are kind of small, but like you're in yeah, Tahiti. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, go cons because I don't. Maybe don't. Go everyone. I'll say right, and it's different for everyone. It's just for me personally. Is I just don't agree with um, the rules of a ship and the way it's very military operated and military run. Um, so you you know you're you've got some people have drill or like duties to do like lifeboat duty. You have to do this. You have to do that. And there's a lot of responsibility. Whereas most of us performers just want to perform. So when you're asked to be a lifeguard, do you know what I mean? It, it can be a, it can be a lot, but some people thrive on it. Some people love doing those extra duties. Oh, for the lifeguard. It can be as on well. some ships. You're a lifeguard. Some ships. You're. Um, I was doing. Um, what was I doing? You can do table service, like like uh, talking with guests and um, things like that. But they they are just little things, and that's. I thought you were giving out about the lifeguards that they were too strict and they wouldn't let the performers go where they were. It's just cruel. You were like proper diva. And my, I was like, 
<laughs> well, it's like my last when I, I mean, it's fine when you're 24, 25, but I was on a ship when I was like 31 and I was like, I really don't want to have to be, ta- be told what to do and be treated like a child, you know? Um, Seafaring was very important, absolutely important. Dear, dear listener, if you're going on a cruise, follow the lifeguard. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I would highly recommend following every single rule on the ship. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, oh, no, you're yeah. at Trillium. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, go back the there. Here. Performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're yeah. usher in thriller. I'm there for three years actually, um, with no. Where are you living? Uh, who are you chilling out with? Who's your support group in London ah, at that time? Your friend would have been um, my ex at the time. Uh, he who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> Call the word. Um, did you go what? Did you did. go out with Voldemort? I don't anyone. Um, yeah, well, oh, he wasn't Voldemort when uh, I met him. Um, but oh yeah, Nicholas was uh, so, I think in I was living at Ho- with Holly at, actually at the time when I first started Thriller. I was living with Holly. Um, we were living in Tottenham in a little flat. Me, myself, Holly, and Claude uh, Meany. Um, actually, the three of us were together. Uh, it was a lovely time. Fabulous. It was fabulous time. Or were you still worried? All well, trying to just we break. Were all, what were we doing? Holly was just in her first year at LSMT. Um, Cloda was doing her first, I think it was her first year at, um, not her first year, her foundation course at, uh, what, what school did she go to? It wasn't Bird. Was it Bird? I think it was Bird. Um, and then I was out in the big bad world auditioning and not getting anywhere. But it was... On, That's very brave. You're the I eldest know, sibling always again. The, always the one. I know, it's mad, isn't it? You're going through the field mm-hmm. with the hacksaw and you're just yep. chopping the brambles. Um, How did you find it? It was, it was a great time, from what I remember. It was actually a really good time. We, um, like there was, I we me, Claude, and Holly actually have a few pictures of us at um, Hyde Park Winter Wonderland, and like that, you know, um, we were in London. We were. I was working front of house. They were in college, so we had a lot of free time, or you know, there was no real responsibilities. So. It was like, what should we do today? Let's go to Winter Wonderland and have some um, mulled wine and go for a walk around Hyde Park. Um, and, you know, it was those things that were just so special. Um, That's, you painted a lovely picture mm-hmm. there for me because I can see the three mm-hmm. energetic bursters. Mm-hmm. I don't know Clodagh personally, but you painted yeah. a lovely picture of her. And, uh, do you look back on it fondly? No, or I do. do. You feel- more pressure out because you've reached a certain level where you look back on those and go those were the days I do have really fond memories of that time I really do and I think um and also in my professionally it was it was training me in another way so I wasn't getting jobs so it made me more hungry and it also made me want to work harder um and what was I doing um I did. Oh, I did a production of HMS Pinafore on a barge in Vauxhall for a week, um, which was, again, like, yeah. who who can say that they performed on an actual barge while the tide was coming in? So by the end of the show, we were all on our, like, a diagonal. Um, so it was great. 
It was good. <laughs> you were destined oh for cruise ship love. So, um, so it was all these little projects I was doing and I was enjoying my life. I was living in Tottenham with Holly and then we moved to Kidbrook in South London. Myself and Holly were living together again. Um, and then through circumstances, we had to split up for a, a, re- for a few reasons. And I ended up moving into a random house in in Bounds Green in North London and then I ended up living with Amanda Minahan and um, her husband Greg um, so that was a lovely t- it was a lovely time it was a lovely time oh, she's great fabulous she's great she's it's so good for connecting oh, back with the Limerick kids absolutely she's so she's so proud of being from Limerick and she has a massive massive heart you know and she's always been a part of my life and especially mom and dad's life as well um, for a very long time Okay, like favorite Amanda Minahan performance. Oh well, the, on the West know, End. Actually, the show that I mean, I've seen Amanda in a lot of shows now, and in every show, I just love her. Like Blood Brothers, incredible. I saw her in Sister Act, and it was great. But for me, it was the producers. When I saw her oh. and the producers in the Palladium, no, it wasn't. It was a Theatre Royal, Drury Lane, and I was fourteen, I think. And I was blown away by the show. And at the end of the show, I remember looking up and Amanda waving to me and my dad in the stalls. And I was like, is this actually happening? Like, am I witnessing this for real? Um, and then she brought me on stage at the end afterwards. And I saw backstage and um, it was an, another moment in my life that I'll never forget. I must have been what 14, you again, sorry? Oh, you <laughs> lucky beggar. <laughs> You lucky beggar. I went to like chess and in UL. That inspired the crap chess out of me. literally blew my mind at UL. It blew my mind. No, it blew my mind. Amanda Minahan <laughs> blew your mind at 14. No, it was, for me, it was Denise, Bro- Denise Broderick in chess. <laughs> blew my mind. Oh man, that was, what yeah, performance. That was incredible. Incredible. Okay, I... I don't know where to go next because I'd love to take you into Limerick Theatre and I'd also love to keep you going. Let's keep you going. Where are you going okay, after three so years? Okay, three years of with Holly, Holly and, and then I was living with Amanda and then I ended up getting my first cruise ship job. So I moved to, I was commuting from Amanda's in, in near Wood Green and I was commuting to Southampton for yeah. four weeks. So every morning to every morning and even coming back to do rehearsals for the cruise ship. Down to them. Uh, well, we were rehearsing in the right. headliner studios, um, which is uh, yeah in Southampton, not far from the May- Mayflower. Um, but yeah, so that was my first cruise ship job. Did that for six months. Then I was while I was on that ship. At the end, I was offered a second contract. So I came home for a few months, and I knew I was going back. So I went back, and then I ended up staying on that ship for ten months. Um, and then that was bringing bring me into 2016 or 2015. I can't remember now. And then I ended up coming home, uh, coming home, moving back to London. I got a pantomime job. So I ended up doing um, Snow White for QDOS Productions in Dartford, um, which was amazing because that actually introduced me to like big theatre with moving sets, flies, uh, electro like uh, hydraulics and things like that which I hadn't really um, been used to at all if that makes sense exactly it's like exactly. a big yeah. movie you know, set you go from, kind of 
um, little, little, little um, things to then learning the next big step, Bad. you know. Um, and that, oh, wow. yeah, that was great. That was only a four-week run, but that was good fun. I was working with Joe Pasquale. I don't know if you know the comedian Joe Pasquale. I, I, if, I've heard the name, but you, I don't, I you can't probably recall know him visually. Voice. He's got a very distinct nasal squeaky, um, squeaky voice. English, yeah. Um, English? And he was, he was great. He was great fun. Uh, oh, is he uh, married to Stacey no, Salmon? No, no, I think that's no. someone else now. Um, no, this man, he's in his late 50s, 60s, I'd oh. say. Um, but uh, oh. shout out to him. Okay. He's a great guy. Great guy. Very, very, very funny. Um, <laughs> shout out, Joe. Sorry. You I probably wish, do. I, I definitely know you. If I looked you up on my phone. Um, but yeah, and then, oh, and then... After that, performing took a big step back as I started um, doing uh, SNA work in London. So I became an SNA to get me by. Um, you invited it in the door for a kiss. <laughs> yeah, exactly, nice. exactly. Um, so that took me up. That kept me busy. Um, and then Jersey Boys happened. The tour. Um, that that was the next stage in my life. How, like, how, how mm -hmm. come, I want to get your opinion on this, you're working, you're breaking your back mm -hmm. every day for like seven years, mm -hmm. you go SNA teaching, yeah, I know. and suddenly you get Jersey Boys. Explain, it's a very, is it? It's a very uh, funny thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, you, it's like, you, it's, it, it has to be the universe, there has to be something, you know, um, like, I, to be honest, like, I knew... Looking back now, I was not ready to do anything big like Jersey Boys when I was 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I was not ready. You oh, know? Billy. Imagine, Imagine you stepped into Billy. Totally closed. <laughs> you were still trying on dresses. You, you were the other. You were yeah, the exactly. other kid. You were Michael. <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, <gasps> uh, yeah. I, may you chill out how long did you work as an uh, SNA pre-Jersey Boys cast on and off for about a year I was working full time in a school for about six months um, and I enjoyed wow. it but I hated it if that makes sense well it you were was, destined it to was be like a moment or? where I had to go like to be honest a moment I'm having at the moment as well um, where I had to look at myself and go maybe performing isn't where I'm supposed to be maybe I need to go back maybe I need to be a teacher maybe oh. I need to retrain as a teacher so I had that I'd kind of half given up on performing at that point um so it wasn't the best time of my life I can understand why but you're still mm -hmm. teaching mm -hmm. beautiful children um, like yeah SNA but special like needs assistant I had with some of those kids like got me through the day <laughs> Like, they were so, so funny. Um, but are you turning your selfish energy into selfless and learning that uh, Possibly. Side I think it? it was a learning thing to be less selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my... Yeah. And then Jerry like goes, completely bang. opposite ends of the... Like, you're kind of going oh. from one extreme to the other. I, I have never, Steve O'Brien, found you selfish in any way. But I do think an actor's journey is yeah. quite positive. Yeah, I, I, 
Where you're so I consumed. Agree. No, I agree. For to be a selfless actor, I don't know if one exists. I agree. And I try so mm-hmm. hard, but I can't. Uh, I, and that's why I love dancing. No more. way. Dancing's my number it, one. Oh, absolutely. Well, I did not know that. Ballet over Shakespeare any day. Yeah, yeah. But what changed in that year? Uh, inside inside yourself, yourself? Yeah, I kind of... I think it, I grew up a little bit more. Um, I kind of got to know me a little bit more. Um, I was still... Um, I actually was still teaching singing to um, to kids as well. I had a, a stagecoach job, so I was working on a third... Basically, like, I was working on a Monday to Friday in the school from 8.30am to 3pm. And then on a Thursday and a Friday, I would run to the train station to get a train to start teaching at 4.30 until 7. And then on a Saturday, I was teaching from 10 until 4. 10 until 4. So... My, in, it's an incredible work ethic. But are, are you just surviving in London that on that, was, or that are you enough. comfortable enough? I was comfortable. There, yeah, but there was. There, oh. Good, there was, good. Because yeah. that level is like CEO of Amazon. Yeah. More not CEO, like high management, because he Bezos exactly. could do what he wants. There was a time I was working Holly. on a Sunday morning too, <laughs> but I had to. I, I, you know, I actually, I, I think it was a conversation with Holly. You know, she was like you don't need to be working seven days a week. Um, you know, give yourself. Smell yeah. the coffee. Like smell the coffee. Yeah. Have, have four hours. Yeah. And then you go SNA, you, mm. you realize you can't keep up this work, mm. this work structure yeah. and you take one job and fill into it, but hate yourself while doing yeah, it because you aren't working as hard. I was, well, I, I, the only, I still was working the stagecoach job. So I was working Monday to Saturday. So it, that, the thing is, it just becomes your life and you never question it then. You know, I didn't know anything else. Like the thought of, of not working on a Thursday evening and a Friday evening and a Saturday didn't even cross my mind. You know, um, because wow. in London, that's what a lot of us do. You have to. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I do here. Um, and I, I th- absolutely. Yeah, I, oh, I just yeah, call it New York. Yeah, time. I trained in New York. Three months. I, I'm on okay, New York. Time okay, yeah. Yeah, but if you think it's healthy, as I don't know, I don't know. It's like, person. and then, but then it's like what become what I think it's like whatever becomes your norm becomes your your own healthy inverted commas I don't know like for example when I ended up doing Jersey Boys I was only working like the show's only three two and a half hours long so you're only working three hours in a day maybe maybe six on double show day and Mm. when I come came home to Limerick I couldn't imagine working any anything longer and my friend who's a nurse said to me but Stephen, that's what work is like, like normal jobs are eight, 10 hour shifts. And for me, that's not my normal. <laughs> Dude, I yeah, yeah. love my jobs. Yeah, I don't yeah. see work as negative. That helps. 
did you enjoy it or did you despise having to go no to like I loved it Saturday like to be afternoon. honest I loved it because I was with um some good friends and uh, we had some we had some laughs teaching those kids um because if you can't laugh you, you you'll cry um the arts are so important because uh, talk to me about yes, amateur musical yes, theater yeah um why do people go in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, full rehearsal <laughs> in their spare time? Like your job. Why do people do your job for free? Well, I think, okay, well, there's probably two, two reasons why. One is they probably have another job. So they don't need to be paid for this, um, this theatre work. And two, they love it. Yeah. And you get to do it yeah. as your job. The first time That's I got paid for and... singing, I could not believe that they were putting money in my bank account. Like, I, I was like, is this, is this a mistake? Are they actually paying me to be singing right now? I couldn't. I've been doing this yeah. in the shower I since I, I was four. I you don't understand it. This. I'm doing like, the money was in my account. I was like, <laughs> these people are actually physically giving me money to be here and to open my mouth and to sing. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, that was when I did my first cruise ship job. What, what was age my first it? proper paid performing work at 24, 24, 25. And you, mm. that's a 20 year span, dude. Yeah. You started in Spotlight at four yeah. and you hit 24 yeah. and got your first paid job. Can, can you talk to someone? Because mm. you and I can speak about this because we know. Yeah what it's like to be professionally involved in the arts. But mm. your journey is quite scary. A 20-year, oh, I can hear Steve talk about it. He's so passionate yeah. about it. But they're similarly passionate. It's quite easy to move to London. You just get on a plane and call yourself a, mm-hmm. a singer and you get paid for it. But yeah, I'm struggling with finding the right question. Is it easy to become a professional performer um, it's a hard yeah I don't know I mean it depends how much you're willing to sacrifice and to work at I think like it sounds so negative but like It's realistic yeah. for sure, but it is quite a negative perspective. I get your opinion on it. Cause, yeah. Because my answer is it's fine, just move. But you you're there. Um talk to me about some of the struggles you face personally so, with that negative. In terms of struggles, it would have been getting used to the amount of rejection um is hard to to take. Um, especially if you you really want a job. Um, And I remember one day I auditioned for a show, a musical, and I worked so hard on learning the material. I didn't, I was playing the piano for the job and I I didn't need to um, read the music. I learned it all off by heart. And then it was a no. and, And I was absolutely gutted. And I remember lying on the couch and just being so deflated. Um... 
and it was Holly then who actually got me up off the couch and we went into central London and had a little, um, went to the park. Um, so shout out Holly. Shout out Holly. I don't so know. excited Best to watch luck that. in your show tonight. So excited. Filming with Jess. Jess um, and Jean. I know you're fine. Oh, um, me too. Keep going. Sorry, so man. like, I, so for me, what I sacrificed, right, was growing up with my brother and sister. I sacrificed birthdays, mm. weddings, funerals, um, yeah, friends. Um, so, no, absolutely, absolutely. Which is why I actually, here, every dude. time I come home to Limerick, I make it so, I make a, a point, well, it's, it's hard now, obviously, with COVID, but like my, one of my best friends from school, she has a couple of babies, so I love seeing her when I can. My friend is up in Galway as a nurse from school. And every time I'm home, I try and meet up with her. And so I make that effort to, to see them because it's so important to keep those connections up. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they're real. Um, they're so important. And, well, and I love seeing them. I absolutely love seeing them so much. Um, but like, yeah, so they, they would have been the thing, like, you know, I left when I was 19 and my brother and sister would have been three, four years younger than me. So I never really saw them growing up into their teens and, and going to college. Um, I was away, you know? Um, yeah, it's tough. I had that with my sister too. But mm -hmm. she's a very, very good person now because, yeah. because I had the balls to go off. And um, I know appearance for me mm -hmm. as a five foot tour. I always struggle mm. with getting cast as the yeah. lead. <laughs> Prince Charming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to be mescal, do you know what I mean? Um, how is that in musical theater? Do you think it's. I also struggle with being a, a single okay. white straight Interesting. in musical theater. I'm Interesting. Very much a minority. Um, <laughs> in gender, like I, I couldn't believe it. It's yeah, that more guys very, very weren't there. Orientated, um, but in in yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But how how's appearance for a guy? Because Holly kind of went into appearance um, for a girl, and how different it was. I think. Uh, it really just depends on on the show and what and like I don't know if Holly touched on it, but sometimes it can be down to like if you're the same size as the person who's leaving and if you can fit into their costumes or not. You did not touch on that. That is, that you, is but some productions stretching you the do that, You know, if if they have got to because it's so expensive to make new costumes, so yeah, expensive, especially for shows that say like like Wicked. You didn't for example, you know, um, it would be easier to cast someone that's exactly the same size as the person who's leaving um, so that they could save on costume. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting um, a thousand people in the night. nature of, of it sometimes. Um, but, uh, I mean, when I went to my costume fitting for, uh, and Holly probably would, would say this as well, like costume fitting for shows, they'll try on other people's costumes like obviously they won't always make you your own but it's funny you'll like try on someone's costume and they'll be like oh that was so-and-so's costume and you're like oh my god i'm wearing i think who was it i think it was um 
John, I think it was John from um, S Club 7 who ended up going into Jersey Boys in the West End. And I think I wore his jacket and I was like, oh my God, I'm wearing John's jacket. This is crazy. Um, he did, I think it was John, yeah. He played Frankie Valley. He was the alternate. That's him, yeah. Yeah. The, the Blondie. The, the, That's the one. The H, H of Steps. Wow. Um, okay. So take me to Jersey Boys. You're you're after okay. you're after um to do working as the SNA. Yeah, you're your SNA and talk to me about the first phone call you get. So um who's who's it from? Your agent or from so, Yeah, so I get the email from my agent to say that I have uh, an audition for Jersey Boys. <clears throat> and um uh, immediately he, he, he or she has stuck with you through the year off or so she got, when did I, I signed with her on, her name? Uh, her name is Kerry Foley. Um, so she's very, very Irish, but very brummy. Um, she has a lot of Irish family like connections. Um, <laughs> does she have a peaky blindness gap? <laughs> no. I'd say she does. I'd say she knows. Do you know what? She probably does somewhere. Good old Kerry. Um <laughs> But uh, she is, she's great, actually. She's a very interesting woman because she came from a circus background. So she was very much involved in, like, her, her, I think it was her family was involved in the circus when she was younger. So she has a lot of kind of acrobatic friends and and, um, clients and and things like that. So very, very interesting lady. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. But she's been great, you know. Um, She's a very, a very friendly and very easy to talk to person, which is, kind of what you want from an agent um i've had an agent where i was like scared to answer the phone to and that was not that's not good um whereas annette i know watch for me man annette was oh really don't cast annette now i swear she's a, a mothering okay nature, it... fair. very very stern when i need her to be mm-hmm. but she encourages me so but, you, but you, it's so important you need it you can't be scared of your agent you know you have to have that she sent me a WhatsApp the other day when I was worried about releasing the podcast because mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of real in it too. Mm-hmm. Sporadically over 48 as opposed to one. Mm-hmm. But she she was just like, Brian, believe in yourself. Yeah. Release. Go. So Carrie, Carrie, was that for you? Yeah. Yeah. She, um, uh, yeah, just very supportive. And she never, you know, some agents after a while, if you're not getting a job, they'll just say, look, um, it's not working. Um, we'll we'll le- let you go, but Kerry just stuck stuck by me. She took me on after I had finished my second co- cruise contract, so I actually didn't have a performance or a performance um, show for her to even watch me. And she just was very interested in me, and um, so she had that belief, which is um, which I have wonderful. wonderful to have one person in your corner to back you oh, up. It's what amazing. Yeah. Makes such a difference. Makes such a difference. So she emailed me to say I had the audition for Jersey Boys and immediately I, myself and Holly was was saying the same thing. She'd be like, she actually said to me, why have we never thought of Jersey Boys before? You'd be perfect for Jersey Boys. Kind of are perfect for Jersey Boys, dude. And I was like, yeah, I would be perfect for Jersey Boys. Why the hell have I not been seen for this before? Your dance count technique is fabulous. (laughs) If you don't mind me saying, you know what to do on the end. Thank you so much. 
It's, you do. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, but um, so from there, then I got the material through and I worked my butt off. I went to a singing coach or singing teacher to go through the songs. And I was um, I was actually at that that week of the first audition. I was teaching at a, uh, a, a children's musical theater summer camp. So I had to go in every morning, teach the kids, and then I was practicing my songs on the breaks in the stairwell. And then I would leave the summer camp early to go to the audition. And I remember it, the first audition was on, I think it was a Tuesday, and it was in the morning. We had to go in and we had to sing. And then they said whether or not they wanted you to stay on to do the dance. So I was told, we need you to stay on. We'd like you to stay on and do the dance in the afternoon. So I then had to ring my principal at the, at the summer camp and say, I can't come back. I have to go to the recall or the dance recall. So she was like, no problem, no problem. And then after the dance recall, I got a call from my agent to say, they want you to um, come back in and do script work um, or to work. How, with long the, after, how long after was the phone call? Uh, literally the, the dance call finished at five and I had the phone call at quarter past five. Oh. That's so reassuring. Because they wanted to get it done quite quickly as well. Um, just here's our call. We're making the call straight away. Chorus line. You're exactly, your exactly, exactly that. Um, so the next audition was actually working with the musical director on the Friday, I think it was. Um, and that was great. And then I had to go and get the script from the casting director's office which was in central london somewhere so i had to walk and get that then i had to go back to the stage school summer camp and finish that it was all just crazy um and then the following week it was a one-on-one -on -one with the associate director who was putting the show up and um, to go through the scene work um and then the last audition was the final and they recorded, they were recording it for the um, Broadway creatives because the Americans couldn't be there. So they were recording everything. So you went in, sang your four songs from the show, recorded that, went in, did your, I think it was seven sides, seven different scenes um, and recorded that. Then you went in at the end and learned a bit more of, of a routine and then you recorded that. And all the while there was four of us there um, for the same track. So we were all kind of, getting to know each other and I actually knew I'd worked with one of the guys before so we were um it was nice to see him again um but you know what like for the first time in my pro probably my entire kind of life and, and career I knew I was right for something I just knew I was right for it and professionally yeah and I because I've seen you be right way way before that I, mm. I knew you were right spotlight stage school mm -hmm. 12-year-old performance of The Cup of Life or whatever. Yeah. But, oh, that's so... Because you were validated back then for sure. Mm -hmm. But for, to have the West End validate you is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it was my first time of going through that process as well, as well of the, um, the getting the material for the recall, going to the next recall, going to the next recall, then going to the final. So it, it, was, it was all new to me, but also very exciting. Um. And, and to, like belief in oneself, I deserve to be here mm -hmm. is so powerful. Oh, if you're putting, you know, if you put that out there, just um, 
as opposed to I'm I'm reaching. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm not at level two anymore. I'm at level five. Yeah. Like I went into that first audition and I knew I could sing like Frankie Valli. So I wasn't even nervous. I forgot the words twice in that audition and I didn't care because I just knew I was right for the job. You could get to the high F or whatever. Mm. High, high A. Um, oh, the Frankie Valley thing is high falsetto. But okay, let's go technical, please. Oh, God. Okay. Jer- yeah. Jer- Jersey Boys. Yeah. Let, let's, let's talk as professional musical theater heads. Go for it. What? The score of Jersey Boys, quite difficult. The four seasons. Yeah. Talk me through the technicals. You, you get cast. Hello, it's Carrie. We want you as as Jersey boys, mm-hmm. as a Jersey boy. Oh, so you're super excited, but you know you have a job to do now. Yeah. Talk me through the process, please. Okay, so as you know, I was, so my job was a swing. So I was covering four different tracks. I'd never swung before. So <laughs> I had no idea this was all new to me. <laughs> and the way I learn lines right is by writing them down. And okay. you, you know the show, yeah? I do, quite well. And you know there's not just dialogue, but there are monologues in that show. Every season has monologues. They talk to the audience. Wow. So I had Bob, Gaudio, and Frankie Valli to learn as the two leads. And both of those characters have monologues and dialogue. And I write things out. So I had to write every single one of those monologues out. Not once not twice, but three times. And I was doing it all in pencil. I don't know why I was doing it in pencil, but my book was just full and full and full. <laughs> like my poor fingers were just numb. Um, but that's, that's my process of how I, how I go about learning lines and stuff. Um, so I had to do the same thing for my other two tracks, Joe Pesci and um, Barry Belson. So that also meant that I was prepared then going into rehearsals. So I knew the lines and I knew the monologues. So when I was working with the, um, uh, with the understudy uh, director, um, our, our resident director, um, Mark Hilton, um, he, I then didn't have to work. I didn't have to hold my script too much. I, you know, I was able to um, be free um, and not constricted or anything. Um, but uh, so that off book. As we'll call it. Exactly, exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then in terms of like the singing, it was, again, I found singing up high, I always do, always have, quite easy. But sustaining it for a long period of time, oh my God. <laughs> my vocal cords were literally like so swollen so often because it was just so unnatural to sing up there for so long if that makes sense unless you get a bit of the manuka on the go oh my goodness i was taking everything and anything um he's a stalwart in the music theater scene down here propolis the sweet what was that again sorry propolis Propolis. what's that it's like a sweet that one consumes for their vocal cords like five to show seven okay yeah yeah the lovely, like I, I love a good hot water, mm-hmm. ginger, yeah. lemon, lemon squirt, and manuka honey. Mary Maguire, the casting director, the wonderful casting director, mm-hmm. taught me that when I was fifteen. Yeah. 
Oh, the Manuka honey. just It just feels so good. Like sometimes I'd just be with the normal squeezy honey pot and just squeeze it into my mouth. Oh. Um, but what, what else did I do um, in terms of like... To, oh, steaming for me is very important. Mm. Steam, I bought a... Um, when I went to do the Jersey Boys on... I'm just jumping forward a little bit, but I went to do the Jersey Boys on the cruise ship recently and we were rehearsing in Florida and I was able to pick up a... Um, my pure mist steamer which you can't get this side of the world it's only in the us um and it's one broadway very good man broadway oh so my good. god it's just and it was the difference i felt after i steamed every day after singing those songs and singing that high it was it was my vocal cords going thank you we need to relax we need we need this um take five exactly um but uh, but yeah, it was an interesting journey then um, with the voice. And luckily, I was able to... Um, so basically, anyone who plays Frankie Valli or covers Frankie Valli gets private singing lessons with a New York vocal coach who's been coaching the Frankies since day one on Broadway. Um, her name is Kate, uh-huh. Katie Agresta. And she's actually... Um, oh, my goodness. What, Bob? What's his name? Oh, oh no, I... Bob Geldof? Is it Bob Geldof? I think it's... Of the Boomtown Rats? One of them. Hi, Bob Geldof. Please No, donate. no, he's not. No, it's not him. He's, he's an American. John Bon Jovi singing teacher. Bon John Jovi. Cool. Great guy. He's really good. Man, like, oh, I love John Bon He's like my height. Oh, yeah. He's up for you. And the fact he's like, he's still singing, you know? And he still goes to singing lessons because... Katie Agresta, well played. So it was very funny, actually. I was in New York a few years ago on holiday and I decided I'd love to have a a lesson with Katie one-on-one. So I organised it to happen. And at the end of the lesson, she was the next person to come in via Skype was um, John. John And I heard him on the Skype saying, hello, Katie. And Katie's like, hi, John, how are (laughs) you? And there I am on like 88th Street in New York going, who the hell do I think I am? This ain't a song for <laughs> broken. Hey, Katie. So funny. Mm. So funny. Hi, John, John. How are you? Why are you, John? I'm just finishing up with the Joyzy <laughs> boys. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Ooh. you're, and you, is that yourself or are you cast? Uh, say that again. What do you mean? I, I, you're in the room now, Jersey Boys, and you get your, your oh, cast yeah. is swing. Yeah. Um, when does Katie come in, or when she go to Florida? That well, sounds amazing. So I get cast in the UK tour at the end of 2017, and once we start rehearsals, we are just before I started rehearsals. Actually, Katie Agresta would come in, and she would uh, work with me for half an hour once every every few weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I went on the road with with the tour. In, we opened in Birmingham in December 2017 and we finished in Southampton 2000, March 2019. Did your agent come in? Uh, she came in. Where were we? Oh, God, my memory. She lives just outside Birmingham. So she came to see me in a place called, I've forgotten it because it was actually the worst, one of the worst towns I've ever been to. Oh, don't even get me started on Bradford. Um, I, I know I'm a Leeds till I die my Leeds. Ellen Road 
Oh, Newcastle. It's oh, great. Yeah. Newcastle, so great. So great. Um, Cardiff yeah, Millennium. Wales. Oh, like yeah. Manchester. And you went down to the Mayflower. Oh, what a Incredible. tour. Talk me through Incredible. that. And who, who are your buddies? So I made really good friends um, with... Uh, your directors. Do you know what I mean? Who are the directors? Directors, buddies. Who is oh, on the so road, on the road with, you? with me? Would have been our resident director, our musical director, um, our associate would have come to see the show maybe a few times, so it wouldn't have um, travelled with us. Um, and uh, then um, who else? Uh, we would have had all the sound, all the techies. Um, it was a big, big group of people. Like it was, it was a whirlwind. It was just I didn't. I never wanted it to end. Can't- Cast, cast great you know i was very close with the other swing so we had um the female swing amy tiroff and um, she was amazing um uh, male swing peter nash and um, we lived together a good few times on the road and um, uh, daniel o'brien another swing great guy um another so dude is it like what i'm getting from you there is it's a bit high schooly do like the leads all hang out and the dancers all hang out and the swings are in the corner yes. smoking, trying to like put like tomtacks into the, the, the female swing, the female leads like ballet I mean, shoe or some whatever. of the antics like, and banter that went on, on on the stage backstage like was outrageous. But <laughs> tell me one. You gotta tell um, me one now. What happened? Um it ne- it always oh first, first thing, thing that comes, comes to, to memory is I'm on, I'm on, this was backstage, and bear in mind, in the show, all the cast are singing all the songs. So, in, into, into our own head mics. So, we could be getting dressed, or we could be walking around, but we'd still be singing into the mics to, um, to aid, you know, to oh. add to the harmony and, oh. and the, the oomph, the whole thing. And so, it comes to the finale song, um, well, the pre-finale song called Dawn. No, not Dawn. Um, What's it called? Oh no, my memory. Five guys so underneath the It's the um, the one at the the. Oh no, it's so bad. It's okay, you're on the spot. I I, I can, I pre pre. Four hey, guys Ragdoll. That's the one. Ragdoll. Um, so nice. there's a bit where there's a little bit of a pause because the seasons have a little conversation at the front of the stage. And then after that conversation, the cast backstage all kick in with this really great, um, kind of thing. And, um, (laughs) just before, right, just before we were about to sing one of the cast members, I'm not going to name who he was, who he is because I'm not that person, but he's an older gentleman. He's been around for years. And, um, we were just about to come in with our harmony and he makes a fart right behind me. He makes a (laughs) fart noise. And his mic, his mic is turned, turned off, off because it, we haven't started to sing yet. But just before we sing, he makes a fart noise. <laughs> Literally, he goes. Pfft. I get into convulsions, laughing. I end up on the floor, not singing, laughing, but trying to not laugh because my mic is on. And that's the worst. You're it's at a exactly funeral, that. You're like... When you're not allowed, and you shouldn't be laughing. I was inconsolable. All the cast were literally singing and watching me on the floor and I was like I cannot believe he just did that to me um, 
Where's Steve's bit? Where's where's Steve's exactly. bit? They're like, why are we missing ten or line one? <laughs> why is Steve trying to make me laugh? Uh, <laughs> are you ten or line oh, one? I, yeah, well, I think it would have been. Um, well, I was singing Frankie's line when uh, when I was Pesci. You sing Frankie's, so yeah, he would have been his the top line. Um, to give him a hand. Well, to... what they do is you see, basically they go right. So when Frankie Valley. Let's go back to the 1960s. When Frankie Valli was recording his songs with um, his Four Seasons, um, they would have double and triple tracked things. So they would have um, sang on top of each other. So Frankie, Frankie's line would have been doubled three or four times by himself. Similar to Queen. Exactly. Queen so they add, they gave a little bit more of an oomph. So that's basically what they wanted to do in the show. They wanted to, to support the... The, um, the leads, if that makes sense, and to give that kind of authentic sound. Does I I always worry for um, for Phantom. Mm, oh yeah, can she hit that's, that's a high note. Oh man, no you and way. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm very of the population. Maybe seven billion no. people can't do that, but next few can. Oh, so you're learning. Oh, how are you feeling? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How, how, how are you feeling when you're going on for oh, Joe I was for a the nervous first time? wreck? Oh my god. Where are you? Because you're not do- because you're not doing any because you're not doing it eight times a week. You're just wait not well you're kind of winging it. You know, you you know you're where you're supposed to be. You know your lines, you know your harmonies. Um but it's like it's still the first time that you've done it in front of an audience, you know? Um, and like, I remember one track, one track I went on for the first time, I was sweating buckets. They had to hair dryer my wig dry because it was wet through. I was sweating so much. Um, it was just nuts. But uh, the, the, the adrenaline and the excitement is incredible. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh Cool, bro. I mean, I really want to venture an opinion at this mm-hmm. stage. But I'm not. <sighs> this is why I asked you on the podcast, because you're very inspiring. But I, I don't think you've hit your top level yet. Well. I don't. And no, you're, you're going to have to allow me okay. one complimentary okay. assertion. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think, uh, even the way you describe it, you're still talking to yourself. You still haven't mm. hit lead man, and you still haven't hit mm. lead cast. So maybe two levels to get to Senior Donnelly's level or Alfie mm. Bo. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're still striving, and I think you're in the SNA uh, yeah. stage now. And I genuinely. But. Are you going to take the That's call? The thing it's it's a very, it's just all over the place at the moment. Like I think I might have said it to you, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I should be in a show right now. Commitment. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, it? I don't know if I can actually say that though. You okay. see, that the issue. Um, Who cares? Who cares? Commitment is um, great. I love. Uh, Grand. We yeah, can only, only because if it, it, like it's not none of the cast we see was announced. If it was already announced, I wouldn't mind. But um, it, 
heard it here, folks. Commitments <laughs> might be going back on tour in 2022. It's Steve and Ryan and whoever. Um, don't worry about stuff like that, dude. I'm, don't worry, because you did yeah. get cast. And uh, is Commitments Tour what you want? Is that your well, top it, level where you'll actually well, for me, it, can be happy? And well, for me, it was like the next there. step in my career because I was actually playing... Um, I was actually playing a part. So I would have had my own track and I would have been on every night. So I felt like I was actually moving up in the world. And, you know, I was getting on that ladder, if that makes sense. Dude, maybe the universe just said, maybe. Steve needs a break. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. To yeah. No, I know. Do Absolutely. You know? And carry a call in about maybe four days. And you'll text me saying, oh my yeah. God, right, you'll never guess what happened. Because Holly O'Donnell is on stage and it's, today, you know what? Dude. Since that, I saw the video come out for that, um, uh, for that concert. It fuels another little bit in me as well, because I was like, oh, I would, love, I do miss, I do miss it. And dude, you know Hals, and I know Hals, and her coming on here was a lovely little inception mm-hmm. spin to say you're inspired. And then Jean called uh... her and asked her. And we mentioned Gene and Jess in the and it makes me so proud to see. Would you consider Absolutely. doing a Limerick show? Absolutely. For uh, no money. I mean, at the time, at, at the moment, yeah. Uh, oh, please accept any offer that comes your way because I just performed in the Lion Tree and it was magic. And I perform in Legally Blonde and with Shannon and Susical and Ennis and the friends I value. Yeah. It's not work. So I don't care yeah. about getting paid. It's brought me back from really bad mm-hmm. 2015, anxious to getting all these offers and being super there you happy go. back in the it's, it's, It is really about, like, if you're in a... What would you like? In terms of... Um, next two years? Mm. Yeah. Tough question. Apologize, but it's, it's Act Two, so we're gonna have to try and push what it. Like to happen in the next two years, God. Um, I re- I, I'll rephrase. What would you love to happen in the next two years? I would love for everything to go back to normal. <laughs> um, but I would. What's your normal? To my normal would be not have any restriction on life um i don't really know what i'm saying um i think i just would love to not be uncertain i need a little bit of certainty to happen um i am certain that you can do whatever you want from now on. Um. <laughs> what would you love to happen? Tell me. Just tell me. It's only me and you talking. It's fine. I would love to. I would love to be back in in London. If I could. Um, Go back. I would. I... Head on back. Honestly, when, when the restrictions lift, because if that's what you love, man. We would but clap it's, it's, you from here. I would. You? I. I just wouldn't yeah. go back there mm-hmm. if I didn't have a job, because if I could work 
like I, I wouldn't want to go back to the life that I was living, working seven days a week to, to earn, to pay the rent for what, you know, if I can juggle or balance between here and there somehow, um, that would be ideal, you know. Dude, it sounds like you really enjoyed your trip to Hyde Park. I did. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. It was a good time. And you got cast in the commitment. Yeah. I mean, where's your uncertainty? Yeah. The universe would balls you up at every choice, but what does your heart say? Mm. Not the buzzing, buzzing Samuel Beckett in your head, but what does your heart want, your personal legend? I mean, I've always said it like it, it would just be to be able to keep performing for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So do, fuck it. I don't know. Like, everyone will just yeah. go. So do, Steve. We'll support you, Limerick. Do a couple of shows with us here while you're restricted. But the job will come once they see you on stage in Edis or Shannon or <laughs> Limerick Musical Society. Being a chief, then again, you know what I mean. You're a boss. Don't ever forget that. I swear to God, because mm-hmm. look at London break you, man. Come back home and be a boss here. Because no, you're very you're very, you're very good. You're very good. Favorite music? So What's on your my music? Taste. So I, I don't playlist. Make, I, ma- I don't make playlists. I just search for random ones on Apple Music when I'm like working out or if I want to listen to music. But what I would search for would be Motown and disco. Oh. What Motown songs? <laughs> What disco song? I'm so Honestly, oh give my me God. anything. Like, I love anything from like I love like I just love a bit of Michael Jackson. Um, I love the beat, like mm. Gloria Gaynor, all those kind of proper disco anthems, and and that sound just gets me just gets me going. You know, gets gets the people going. I love music. If there's one thing I've realized after. I think you're the 30th episode, 32nd mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, yeah. I love music. Mother <laughs> effing Jesus, I love music because, oh, and people have different influence. Mm-hmm. I love a bit of class. I love a bit of, like we play, Dave from Today FM made this World Cup on the show. Favorite artists mm-hmm. of the century, of the centuries, decade by decade. So, I'm going to go, for you, I'm going to go 30s to date, please. And I didn't specify century. Okay, so if you you want to go... Give you a bit of Mozart. Um, Oh, um, Amadeus. Classical music, I was also brought up listening to classical. Like, dad would always have um, a classical CD playing in the car, or mom, even at the moment, she'd have um, Lyric FM playing. So, like, classical music has always been in our world growing up and stuff so mm. for me I'd also oh, like I do I play piano as well so I sometimes sit down at the piano and grab a we have a load of music scores here from musicals to classical and I would grab some and I would just play through and, and sometimes I'd sit down with the classics and just kind of work my way through um through those I saw oh. we started a band <laughs> together in 2011 and you played oh was that what it was oh 
But Frank, I get it, man. I get um, it. Seventies, like I'm gonna say, Donna Summer. Wow. Classic, classic, Why? and iconic songs. Um, Give me a few bars. Wait, what's the one? Uh, Last dance for romance and love. Something like that. One of that one. You know that one? Last dance. This is my last dance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, your tone is so good. Um, and 80s. Coming into you, where you, you're a stronghold. That's now. okay. I apologize about going crazy. 80s. Um, mm, might oh, be tougher for you. Enough. Yeah. She was 80s, wasn't she? Yeah. Wow. Classic. She absolutely was. But you're leaving out Bo- you're leaving out Bowie, you're leaving out Abba, you're leaving out Oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to push you, but I, I, I... Do you know my instinct was Madonna. Yeah. Nope, fair. Yeah. Because Madonna is also my choice. Okay, nineties. Um, like, this is my this is where I grew up, you see. So mm. there's so many mm-hmm. so many. Me um so we're talking I'm going to go with Bewitched. <laughs> were they 90s? Or were they thou- Okay. They were. They were. That's a fabulous answer. Britney Spears. Um, 2000s. <laughs> Beyonce. 2010s. 2010. Oh my God, you're so you, decisive. Usually I'm so undecisive. <laughs> this is a... L- this is a lucky day for you. No, I love it. I love it. And 2010s. Um, Queen Have you done oh, Queen yeah, Bee yeah. for 2010s or do you? I mean, it would be it, it would be Beyonce, Lady Gaga. She's your drunk I mean, Drunk in Love. I think that was around 2004. So that's... But if, if you're pushing you know her what? to 2010s, yeah, I get it. Maybe, I think, yeah, I think she's 2010s for me. Like her kind of, yeah. Wow. Lem- Wasn't it phone call or something with she... Lady Gaga? Yeah. Oh, Gaga. Are you pushing Queen Bee out for Lady Gaga? This is, like, this is hard. <laughs> no, I think. Oh, um, no, I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna stick with Queen um, Bee. I, I just love her voice. I love her voice so much. Sorry, guy. You you may have won the Oscar, yeah. but oh, Dreamgirls was better. 2021s and 2021s. Do you know what I mean? Who's in? I didn't even know who's your prediction? These days. There's too many of them, and they all sound the same. Um, I know. You well, the thing is, like, everyone's going to say Ariana Grande, but I can't, I just can't warm to her. Like, she's amazing, but I can't. Who, who's your up and coming 2020, 2021 song you've listened to? There you go. Oh, because Ariana oh, yeah, Grande true, is actually, very yeah. much 2010. Um, I haven't really listened to anyone recently. Is it, what's his face? Um, um, what is it? Uh, Sean Mendes is he twenty twenty ones? Let's go with him. Be. It's I've your choice. It's your podcast. My workout playlist, and he his voice is pretty epic. 
did you see that film they released on Netflix? No. With him and is it Camilla Cabello? Okay. Oh man, watch it and watch Billy Eilish okay. and watch Taylor Swift's like create Honest. folklore in lockdown. In lockdown, oh, and oh, I love I your did choices. Leave out man. Others though, I just I realized like for me. Oh, like <laughs> you've left my out big inspiration was Liza out. Minnelli. Is Liza. So like she would have been, she would have been sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah, I mean, share, share has hit hit songs since. Like hit songs, share has had a number yeah. one hit in like sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, not really. Twenty tens. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, and Cher. you've left her out, me, I'm sure. for sure. No, she hates me. Uh, she, I don't think she will. If, oh, crap. That blows up. Oh, sorry, Cher. You <laughs> oh, Stephen Ryan. Stephen Orion. Oh, you too. Absolutely loved it. Pleasure it was so... to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really enjoyable. Really good to kind of go down memory lane, feeling relaxed. Um, yeah, thank you so much. My absolute pleasure, my friend. Um, would you like to come to the market to get some bread, man, bread? Or uh, one o'clock I might, I might pop into town to grab me a coffee or something. <laughs> yeah. I might do. Um, no problem at all. What was I no problem. Say? Thank you for asking Thanks me. for coming on, man. And keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to the rest of them coming out. Okay. Me too. Dude, me too. I'm excited. Um, do. All right. Um, thanks, I'll text you after. I'll, I'll give you a shout. Bye. 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 And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the wonderful Stefan Orion, Stephen Ryan. Um, thanks a million for coming on, man. An absolute pleasure to talk to you this morning. Um, to all you wonderful listeners, thanks for listening come back for the next step peace